you gotta watch out for the the cattle grate. Yeah, in that's the road. true. Uh huh. Well, I always just hop over those. I don't have the same skill level as you do. Uh, ooh, could you repeat that again? No, I cannot. Ah. Hi, Jordan. Hey, Brendan. What's today's ride? Today's ride is going to be Norikura. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in Japan. And, and it's not just beautiful, it's also like a fun ride. It's one of my favorites of all time. So there's the big caldera at the top? Yeah, and there also at the top, there's some, um, like, there's a shrine. There's some little shops up there. Uh, most importantly, there's the totally unobstructed views because you're way up above the tree line. And you can see both all, all over the valleys of Nagano and Gifu. Yeah, and if you're lucky, then you can see, especially in the early morning, when those clouds are still low in the valley, you get this kind of sea of clouds punctuated by the, the hilltops of green. I mean, it's it, it's unparalleled in terms of view. And you get a nice sunset on the same token. Yeah, and I have been up there before all of the, uh, the, the tourists arrive, if you get up and at it early. And Only because you're a significantly faster rider than I am. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. Um, but you get up there, and it is a... Because you're above the tree line, um, it's a sense of peace that like you, you can't find anywhere else. So when you talk about a weekend escape from Tokyo, it's, it's yeah. really hard to beat it. Yeah, I mean, you and I set out at about 4.30 in the morning, and I think you got to the top at about 6.15 or so, and I was about you know 15 minutes behind you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the uh, the crazy thing is that, okay, the place is open. It's not open year-round, uh, for one, because of the where it's situated at that southern kind of tip of the northern Alps. Um, that area is known for not a small amount of snowfall. Fairly massive, and the, the, the mountain peaks in the area are mostly over 3,000 meters as mm -hmm, well. Mm -hmm. So what happens is... You know, weather comes off the Sea of Japan, it slams up against those Alps, and it just dumps tons of snow in there. So, in the uh, early spring, it's totally impassable. Uh, yeah. When we were there last time, they actually had the Gifu side closed due to the extreme winds. Mm, that's that's also true. Was that was that a typhoon? I don't believe it was. It was just, just extreme, high winds. Just high yeah. winds. Uh -huh. But anyway, um, when it opens in, uh, I guess, early July, is that the case? Yeah. Opens in early July, uh, the roads are clear, and you can get up there and... Um, yeah, you just see the beautiful scenery from, mm -hmm. from basically from that hut that's about two-thirds of the way up. You can see just the folds of mountains into the distance. Yeah, I agree. So if I want to climb Norikura, do I need any kind of special permission or anything? Do I have to pay a fee to get my bike up there? No, it's free to go up, but it is closed to regular car traffic. Only bicycles, buses, taxis, and electric cars are allowed on the road. Oh, that's actually, that's a good deal. That keeps you from getting a lot of um, traffic that you might not otherwise want on a bike, especially on some of these narrow mountain roads. Yeah, and it's especially nice with the good scenery because you can stop and look at it wherever you want. One, I, one thing I wanted to ask on your last comment. So, buses are okay. Yeah. Taxis are okay. Yeah. EVs. So the, the history there is that Norikura used to be uh, open to the public. And then back in about 2003, they closed it to regular traffic on concerns of pollution and damage to the local environment. And so it used to be a toll road and they made it free to use and closed it mm -hmm. except to the buses 
and taxis at the time. Okay. Remember, taxis also ran on natural gas, so mm-hmm, they're cleaner mm-hmm. as well. Okay. And then with EVs, back in 2012, they opened it up to them as well because there's no pollution concern from them. Okay. Either. All right. So just being kind of selfish as a cyclist, the reason I like this... Okay. Uh, we all care about the environment and global warming and what have you. But selfishly, the reason I like this policy is because it keeps the traffic off the road you know, as a cyclist. Now, there are only a few um, you know, rich guys driving around Teslas these days. I guess the Nissan Note is a little more accessible. But what happens, I don't know, 15 years from now when everyone's driving EVs? Is this place going to become a traffic jam? I suspect it won't be, but we'll, the only way will be to wait and see. Okay. Uh, what's your call? When that happens, are they gonna close the? Are they gonna close this loophole for the EVs? I bet they will. Okay, I'll be lobbying for that one. Okay. Um, so yeah, there are buses and taxis. Now I've done it a few times. There's a trick to the buses because it is. Kind of a like a it's a mountain road. Yeah. It's narrow in sections. Yep. These buses ain't small. Nope. They are the opposite of small. The other thing though uh, that I remember is they tend to drive in groups up like, to five. Yeah, like these. I, it, it's like the modern day version of a Oregon Trail, like wagon train or something like that. You got yep, five of much. these gigantic lumbering buses but going up. They run once an hour and they take fifty minutes to get up. So if you chase one right as it leaves at the bottom. A, an experienced cyclist, like ourselves, who can get up the hill in less <laughs> than an hour and 50 minutes, Naturally. who can get up without being passed by a bus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Other people, like our producer, might not be able to get up there quite so quickly and will probably wind up being passed by a bus. Mm. Well, I know that his solution will be to just cheat and get an electric assist bike, and then he'll probably pass us. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay. I leave, I, I leave right after the bus... And then the only other thing I got to worry about, because I'm so experienced, is just dodging a few taxis. That's right. Yeah. And also uh, the odd tour tour buses do wind up on it a little bit as Mm -hmm. well. So you might Mm -hmm. be passed by a Hato bus or something like that Mm -hmm. as well. But either way, as far as like nice, beautiful mountain climbing roads go, because of that policy, in terms of vehicle traffic, it's about as low as you're going to get. Yeah, that's part much. of the appeal. I mean, even bar bar none, I think this is one of the most beautiful roads uh, in Japan. Yeah, that's true. Like going uh, up from, I guess it uh, it starts at a visitor center, or at least that's where the most popular Strava segment starts. Yeah, once... a visitor center, and then if I recall, that first uh, few hundred meters, maybe it's about three hundred meters of climbing. It's it's mostly forest road, um, which has its own appeal. But you don't get the huge, like, vista, ex- no, expansive it, views. But it's also only a 3 or 4% grade, so you can fly along it pretty yeah. quickly. And then you go, and then cars are allowed on that section. Yeah? That's right. Okay. And then you go up a little further, and then you run into, there's a there's a gate. It stops the cars. Yeah, Som- and Sambongi Gate. Yeah, that's it. And from Sambongi Gate, actually, there's an interesting little kind of side trip there if you're touring. Yeah. There's a hiking trail that goes back to um, some really beautiful waterfalls there. Yeah, It's actually listed as one of the top 100 waterfalls of the country. Mm, yeah, so just uh, pro tip, if you're on a you know touring Japan or something like yeah. that, uh, you'll probably be a little tired by the time you get to that point. Um, it's a great spot to you know park the bike for a few minutes, uh, 
grab a bite to eat, and what is a 20-minute yeah. you know, hike to the falls and back. Probably not advisable in cleats. Yes. You will want to change out of your cleats. Um, otherwise, you will most likely need to be hauled out on a stretcher. Well, there are some rocky portions where you it would be difficult to get oh, over. Yeah, but, you wouldn't want to injure your delicate but just some, feet. <laughs> but just some regular um, mount, mountain cleat shoes would be fine. Mm-hmm. And that that's again about what three four hundred meters from the yeah. gate. Yeah. Now, if you can do, you can take it in two mm, different approaches. One is starting from that Strava segment at yep. the visitor center. Yeah. The other, if you're really daring, you can start all the way from uh, the base of the climbing in uh, Matsumoto. Yeah. You can right, but it's generally not advised due to the level of traffic on the national road. Mm. Uh, that leads mm-hmm. over towards Takayama, mm-hmm. frequently referred to as the 13 Tunnels of Hell. Of yeah, I was going to say, like, the traffic is one thing, the tunnels are another. They are terrifying. They are sufficiently small that it's difficult for uh, coach buses to pass each other within them, and that leads to extreme traffic jams, especially mm-hmm. during the fall. Yeah, if you want to talk about driving skill, you've got your F1 racers, I will put those coach bus drivers that go through the tunnels on par with those guys. It is amazing how they get those well, things in there. In our tours, you saw me drive the high ace, and I got to keep the uh, the left mirror within a few few inches of the left hand side of the wall. Yeah, I mean a high ace, that's not bad, but we're talking about giant yeah. coach buses. Yeah. So don't give yourself credit where there is no credit due. Duly noted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, if you if you do take it from Matsumoto and you go all the way to the top. And the peak, again, is 2715 meters? The peak is 2715, and uh-huh. then there, you descend a little bit into this area behind at 2702. Yeah, yeah. And Matsumoto sits at around, I don't know, what, four or 500 meters, something like that? Yeah, something anyway, like that. you're over 2,000 meters of climbing. Yep. Yeah. But starting from the Taurus Center, you're, you're at, I think the Strava segment calls it just south of 1,300 meters, yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, Strava, Strava has it listed at uh, uh-huh. 1,292. Yeah. And so, and if you want to be lazy and you take your car to um, uh, San Mongaki, you got about... Which uh, we did do one year when we had those two inexperienced cyclists. Mm, that's true. That's true. We've made it We've made it uh, uh, beginner-friendly, or as beginner-friendly as such a thing can be. Then you're at about uh, 1,000 meters climbing. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. The descent from the top you start at the, uh, there's a gate that divides the two sides. Now I'm gonna yeah, that's the prefectural yeah, uh-huh. barrier. Uh-huh. So you start going down, and then what, what's fascinating to me is that it is July, but because you're so high, and because it does get a lot of snow, yes, the roads are clear, but you can see alpine skiers yep. in whatever, July. Yep. Yeah, so you start at the base, and again, because it's July, it's kind of warm down there. So maybe you're wearing your shorts or a, um, you know, a, some um, a jersey or something like that. And then by the time you get to the top, it's a little chilly. Have uh, you ever seen any of those cyclists going up with skis on their back? <laughs> yeah, like what? What do they do? What? What's the? What's the kind of pattern for those guys? So they carry their skis up, they take the bike, they get off at that ski zone, and then do. They just go ski for a couple hours and yeah, then ride they, back down. Yeah, they walk up uh-huh. and then ski down and then walk up <laughs> because there's no chair. There's no chairlifts. It's not a. It's not a sanctioned ski hill per se. Uh huh. It's just a place where there's snow in August. Mm. So 
is this going to be like a new age uh, biathlon type thing, like cycling and ski? Are we it. witnessing the birth of a new sport? Like like ski and shoot a gun? I yeah, think, yeah. I don't think so. That was... Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, you get past the ski area, and then, again, that, that first... Gosh, I would say... What is it? Somewhere between five, ten minutes or so? Yeah, you, you're above the tree line. Yeah, basically so until Kuraigahara Hut, which is at about 2350 mm-hmm. meters above sea level. Mm-hmm. And from once you pass that you're kind of getting a bit more into the trees. Yeah, so in in my mind, I divide the the this segment into kind of three sections. So that hut and above is that top third. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how I think of it. And then what is there to do at that hut? Anything? Can you stay there? I have stayed there uh, for when I during mountain climbing season. Mm. I have stayed there. It's a nice little place to stay. Do you just, is it like a throw a futon or a... a Sleeping bag on the floor, or do they private, actually have beds? I had a private room, and it was it was a futon room, futon tatami room. Oh, nice okay. Uh huh. So you splashed out for cash. They have private I, rooms and non-private rooms. Yes. Okay, Mister Uncle Pennybags here, and so they have rooms, both private, shared, yeah. and then and food, um, food, and yep. you know yeah, the it's, usual. It's a, it's a standard, full service Japanese yokan style. Okay. Location. Uh, onsen? Are there hot springs in there I that you can hop in? I would be extremely surprised if it didn't have a bath, but I don't recall if it was in a proper hot spring or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, but, and hopefully they're hot springs. And during if the you're daytime, tired. they they sell drinks and whatnot. And they have benches, so it's definitely a place where uh, for people who. Are, to stop and get a refresher on the way up, because mm-hmm. it is—it's a nice break for about the last third, mm-hmm. and you kind of feel like you're finally getting there. And then, since you're above the tree line, you can actually see the peak from there. You can actually see where you're headed. Mm-hmm. That's actually why I do not stop on the way up because it just makes me depressed. But I have stopped on the way down. And also, you wouldn't want to ruin your uh, yeah yeah yeah. You gotta crush the Strava Com, um, which is under an hour. Yeah, I. And what's your best time again? More than that. I think you're like an hour 18 or something. (laughs) We're covering up the mic now. Okay. Um, After the hut, now I'm in kind of the middle uh, third of of the ride. And then you start seeing like some trees appear here and there. So you don't get the unobstructed views. But... The contours of the road give you some really. You still get good views around. You get around some, the but it's. it's I mean, it would, it would be hard pressed to call it great views all the way from the, from there. Uh-huh. Especially around some of the hairpins, you get some lookouts. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's nothing compared to the top third. Okay, time for a shameless plug. Check out Spora.cc to find this and many other exciting and beautiful routes the world over. Spora is the global cycling adventure game where you can complete challenges and battle your friends to explore your world while getting fit and climbing that leaderboard. So feel free. Nay, correction, I encourage you to cyberstalk us at spora.cc. Spora, what motivates you? There are some cool little uh, waterfalls and yep. things like that. The, yep. the, the road is it, it straddles them in some areas. Yeah, yeah. So they're right next to the road. You can literally just put your bike right next to them. Uh-huh. And get some uh, good shots of people coming down. Or also if you're of the GoPro variety, which I believe you have a GoPro. I do have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some 
there's some things to be seen. There are. It's yeah. definitely, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of scenery to see on the way down. Okay. And it's a very technical descent as well. There's a lot of curves. It's about a lane and a half wide in most places. So you do have to be careful about those oncoming buses as <laughs> as we'll talk about later. Right. Yeah. The buses themselves are big. There's a there's a trick to doing it when you descend, which is keep an eye out on when those buses are going to leave on at the top. And just get in front of them. Yeah, they'll, get they'll right be, in front. Because mm-hmm. they'll take about 40, 45 minutes to get down, and you can get down on a bike in about 30, so there's no chance in them passing you. Yeah. The one thing that you do have to get good at using, I think, yeah. uh, to make the most out of that road, on the descent anyway, are the, the, the little mirrors that they have at all yeah. the switchbacks. Because remember, there are oncoming bus. There, you will definitely get a set of oncoming buses. Yeah, at least one, and usually two, two. in my because, experience. Because yeah. they from because they go every hour, and they take fifty minutes. So mm-hmm. if you're going down, the chances are you'll hit two groups of buses. Mm-hmm. And if you're lucky, you'll get it at like around the hut where the road's a bit wider. Right. But at least you can hear the buses coming because they're working hard getting up the hill. Mm, true. And and yeah, again, just more. Uh, visually obvious because they're so large but yeah. the ones that sneak up on you are the the taxis yeah. because they do leave it uh, obviously irregular intervals uh they're smaller they're yeah. quieter so you want to keep an eye on yeah. the uh the mirrors to make sure that you don't end up uh, like a really uh kind of nasty hood yeah. ornament especially with as tempting as it is to go around the inside of some of those hairpins <laughs> <laughs> yes i have been tempted at times i have also had some um uh, pucker moments yeah. we'll just leave it at that uh but other than that, because the traffic is pretty low, it's a, a, a outside of a race yeah. uh, where they've got a closed road. Yeah. It's as good of a descent as you're going to get, I think. Yeah, especially when we do it in the morning. We see pretty much no one. I think when we do it in the morning, we don't actually get passed by anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's also true. The hot springs, I there used to be some hot springs there, I believe. I'm not sure. We'll have to go double check. One this. of one of the bus stops references what used to be a hot spring. Okay. So, do you know if I have no people could go in in the past? I have no information on the hot springs in the middle, but down at near the visitor center, mm-hmm. most of those uh, hotels have hot springs built in. Yeah. I, the one thing I will say is that regardless of whether you can hop in the springs. Um, it definitely smells like springs. So not so bad on the descent when you're huffing and puffing on the way up. It smells like farts on the way up, Yeah, it? basically, it's like having your nose shoved into a fart can. But uh, outside Fantastic. of that, mm-hmm, lovely. Is that, <laughs> that something you've experienced on a regular basis? <laughs> hey, no. No judging here. Uh, so you what about, down, so what about the bottom third? Yeah, I was going to say... So that you, you mentioned the I, I Sambongaki, yeah, uh, is in again in my mind that's now the borderline uh, to entering the bottom third yep. of the segment. Yep. And uh, actually, that little gate area is pretty interesting in itself. One bit of warning though is before that, if you're on the descent, uh, slightly after if you're on the climb. Uh, there's a there's a ski lift and right around that area recently there's been a lot of construction. Um, I think they're just regrading the road. But uh, well, the road surface is not the best, it, as we, especially on the lower third or so. There's definitely some room for improvement. Well, in general, the Nagano side of the climb, uh, the road surface is not the best, mm-hmm. as, which we definitely experience when we descend. Down. There's definitely a lot of bumps going down. Yeah, true. Um, and I've even picked up some uh, some flats there. 
I do remember the first time we did it, we got back to the truck. Yeah, yeah, and, and then, then that was flat. And then we discovered that my tire was flat five minutes later. <laughs> and I had a similar experience coming down, and um, I, I started feeling uh, a little bit of harshness. Stopped at the Samongaki Gate, and then sure enough, yeah, I'd picked up something pretty nasty. Fortunately, was able to repair it and get the rest of the way down. But it's not a bad place to stop. Honestly speaking, there's some interesting falls not too far away. And some ice cream. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to <laughs> remember, uh, what's the rule of thumb? Uh, one one soft cream is one per minute. half hour. For half hour of riding, you've used enough calories to eat, to eat one ice cream. <laughs> uh, the Gifu side is a wider, newer feeling road, and also used to be a big toll road. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so it's it's much much smoother. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's a great place to just uh, you know park the bike. Yep. You can grab a bike to eat. Yep. And then uh, and then do the. A hike to the falls and see that. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, definitely an extra little side a side mm -hmm. um, sight to see. Mm -hmm. So there's also an east west running super forest road mm -hmm. that we once drove a little bit to get to the Shirohane Onsen next door. That's right. Yeah, I have personally not ridden yeah. it on the bike, uh, but it's a it's a beautiful yeah. road. Yeah. Uh, and when we were driving, I remember seeing like troops of monkeys yeah. all yeah. in the forest. And it's a great alternative if you're coming in from Matsumoto. Mm -hmm. Because you can go up one valley over and then cross on the super forest road. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. if you're going to ride all the way up from sea level, mm -hmm. that is the rec that would be the recommended way to mm -hmm. take a super forest road over. Right. And then as a just general interesting thing to go see and do, Shirahone itself is a very famous um, onsen area. Yeah, very famous for the white waters. Yeah, it's got, there, there's so many minerals yeah. contained in the water. It, it almost has this uh, milky appearance to it. So um, they've got several onsen in that area. Yep. Some are available for like just daily public yep. use. Um, others, you you, you got to stay the night. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely uh, a worthwhile side trip Absolutely. at a minimum. Yeah. So that's all at that Samongaki yeah. Gate. Yeah. And then the bottom third of the segment after Samongaki Gate, now there's going to be a little more vehicle traffic because cars, yeah. you know, private cars can go up to that. But it is a nice two-lane road going both ways, mm -hmm. so as long as you don't get out of your lane. That's true. It's it's wider, two lanes, properly divided, yeah. and the pavement surface yeah. is just better in yeah, that it's better. And, but the buses do tend to completely cut off both lanes as they go around some of the corners so you still have to be careful yeah well that that goes without saying uh but the descent from there also levels out a bit more i yeah. think uh it's probably a four to five yeah. doesn't extend past the five percent yeah. grade whereas there are some areas further up in the segment where it definitely kicks up more but it never gets over 10 True. And on the whole True. climb, I'd say the steepest it ever gets is seven or eight. Percent. Yeah, and those are relatively short little bits. Yeah, it is. If you look at the root profile on Strava or it's whatever, just a triangle. it is a triangle. Yeah, it is flat both sides. Yeah, yeah. but um, other than that, yeah, the the rest of the descent down, um, you can call it nice and smooth. You don't get the expansive views after that point. You are very much in but it uh, is a below nice the forest roll, tree run. I think it is a very nice roll through the forest. Mm -hmm. Especially when you go up, it's not that steep. Mm -hmm. So you can actually keep up a good cadence. And it's a good run through the forest mm -hmm. when you're going up. Well, uh, in terms of speed on my descent, that's where I actually get the my fastest like top speeds. There is that, that one really straight segment not far from the bottom mm -hmm, but you mm -hmm. got to watch out for the the cattle grate yeah in that's the road. true uh-huh well i always just hop over those i don't have the same skill level as you do uh ooh, 
Could you repeat that again? No, I cannot. Uh, <laughs> worth a try. Uh, so if I want to get out there, um, what's your recommendation? Do I need to go by car? Can I take tra- public transport? You know, what's uh, what's the best for I mean, well, we've driven out a few. Uh, we've driven out a few times. When I've gone on my own, what I've done is taken the train out and rented a car. Okay, uh, rented a car from Matsumoto. From, from Matsumoto, mm-hmm. and the reason mm-hmm. for that is even on your own, there's not much difference in the round trip bus and train from Matsumoto mm-hmm. compared to a half day car rental. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you get all the flexibility of being able to come and go whenever you want. Mm-hmm. But so you did that as a day trip? Yes. Interesting. Okay. So you didn't, you, you, you can do it as a day yep. trip. You take the limited express train out. Yep. Uh, it stops in Matsumoto. Yep. Uh, and then you, you pick up your rental car in the morning yep. to get up to the yep. visitor center. Yep. Start I the car. personally got off one stop earlier at Shiojili just because it saves five or ten minutes of train time and it's the same distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Matsumoto works as well. Okay. And then Yeah, that's the, a good tip. Yeah, the train is about 800 yen and then the bus, I think, is 1,400. Uh-huh. So round trip, you're looking at four or 5,000 yen just on buses and trains mm-hmm. from Matsumoto. Which and you can a, cut out with, uh, with a just half, a car rental. And a half-day right. car rental is whatever, five, 6,000 yen plus mm-hmm. a couple hundred yen in gas. And then the, I, the other nice benefit to that is that you skip all the nasty traffic in Tokyo. Yep. So you skip all that traffic, and then it's just you know smooth sailing exactly. from and the, uh, number, the highway. And the number of buses that go up and down, is it's not many, but mm-hmm. it's also not few. Mm-hmm. But if you're unlucky, you might find yourself with an hour or two wait to come back down if you just missed one. Mm-hmm. And so the car gives you that flexibility as well. Okay. So the upshot is you can get all the way to the visitor center on public transport uh, via the bus. Yep. Um, it just, you, you, you might take a little longer. It, it probably compares about average with car from Tokyo. Because mm-hmm. you'll probably take a break because it is about four or five hours from uh, Tokyo when you've taken your breaks. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bus... We'll take bicycles mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're more than a few people, you should probably call ahead, but we've been pretty good with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so, one thing to bear in mind, uh, if you are going to do the ride, it's only open from July through uh, early, early November. Yeah. Uh, but even so, it's always going to be cold at the top. So It's always liable to be cold. On a nice summer day, it's maybe 15 degrees or so at mm-hmm. the top. Mm-hmm. But if it's cloudy and windy, even in the middle of summer, mm-hmm. like when we went with the extreme winds, it was cold. Yeah, even it was, in the middle of the it day. It was numb in, your hands cold. In so, July. And also, because of the altitude, the weather changes very quickly and very yeah. dramatically. So Always recommended that you have a windbreaker with you. Yeah, windbreaker and maybe even some long-fingered gloves. And make sure you keep an eye on the local forecast yeah. because, uh, yeah, you can definitely get uh, caught out up there. Um, but other than that... Uh, it's a pretty safe bet. Worst case is you can probably get your bike back down on the bus. Mm-hmm. And it's a hill, so you can always just turn around and head back down mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. fact when we went last year mm-hmm. we were rained out on the second day that's and true we wound up turning it into an onsen trip that's true and that's the nice thing about having um things like shirahone yeah. uh close by or even the place that you can stay at the base yeah. of the climb yeah. there are several onsens down there as well nothing you was more frustrating than an organizer of a bike trip than everybody telling me how wonderful the onsen was <laughs> and completely forgetting that they'd brought all their bicycles with them hey hey th- look 
they made the best out of a compromised situation, we'll call it that. I would have loved it if they'd said, oh, it's too bad we couldn't climb the hill, rather than, that onsen was great. <laughs> Maybe next year we should just not bring the bikes at all and just go to onsen. Okay, well, we'll call it the, you know, the hot springs tour yeah. next time. Uh, so, I guess that about wraps up everything else. Uh, yeah, I think that pretty much covers Norikura. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Spora Podcast. Check out this and other interesting routes at spora.cc. Don't forget to subscribe, like, write a review, and tell us about your favorite routes on the Spora subreddit. Maybe we'll do an episode on it. Spora, what motivates you?